All right, let's do this. Welcome into a special holiday edition of Washington Football Crunch. We talk all things Washington football news and culture. I am one of your three hosts. My name is Micah Chen, and joining me as always is Luke Monger of Dogman and Jackson Garner of Coog Fan. All right, so uh, I'm looking at the early signings, and we've got 20 for UW, 18 for Washington State, 7 for Eastern Washington, and 0 for Central Washington. The Wildcats are quite sad that no one wanted to sign with them early. Mm. But going back to the UW signing class, Luke, how many of these guys do you expect to show up on campus in January? Ooh, so I believe eight are supposed to sign. Oh, that's less than I thought. Yeah, so between the thing about UW, which is unique uh, about it being a quarter school, is I think 12 total are going to enroll early. Eight are coming in winter and four are coming in spring. So in total, that's a lot. And uh, if you miss winter quarter, you still get to play spring football. So definitely. Yeah. So that's the nice thing. Um, A lot coming in early. Eight will get a quarter of school under their belt before they have to do spring practice, which is exciting. Uh, Definitely more than in the past. I mean, it feels like each year more and more kids are graduating. early. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No exception. And is it, do people want to stay those extra couple months in the wintertime at their high school for like they're playing basketball or uh, they have like some some classes they still need to take to graduate? Because well, if you're on top of your shit, you, <laughs> yeah, prom's, you not, prom. no, prom's not till like spring ball time. That's like not till I'm talking yeah, about the guys like, that are man, coming. Yeah, that's, that's true. I'm talking about the guys yeah. that are coming like March, uh, maybe late February, you know, at, post um, did that January period like where, you know, schools. uh School's out for winter break right now, but then they might be able to stay for a couple more months afterwards for classes. I, the only justifiable reason would be basketball season or maybe a one or two classes they still have left. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing that's interesting to me is if you... I, I'm trying to think. Like, if I remember correctly, Austin Osborne enrolled in the spring, not the winter. But, like, if you were to graduate high school early, you would graduate in the winter because high schools do semesters. I don't know of any... Yeah. So... uh yeah, I guess for you can't reason. take half a class. So it's like, it's for the most part, I'd say hanging out at home. Like I know Austin Osborne said he put it on like 15 pounds between winter and spring, which I guess. Unbelievable. You, yeah. So I think it's kind of. Just it's, tra- like it's a training period. Yeah, exactly. And it's a nice little transition uh, where you're still at home and you are still. Uh, yeah, I guess you're still around your family and friends, but you are uh, like, I guess you have extra time to kind of like perfect your craft and then can still have the benefit of getting spring practice and uh, I don't know, getting, I guess, used to school before your freshman season begins. If you're sitting in, a, in in January and you're in a weight room, it doesn't matter if it's a UW weight room or a Southern California weight room, you're still doing the same thing. I mean, same weight training program, you're probably getting yeah. information from the coaching staff. And right mm-hmm. now headlining uh, UW's uh, 2019 class is Dylan Morris. And he is different from all of the current UW quarterbacks, and here's why. The amount of attention... His name is Dylan? No, no. no, that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Well, it it kind of has. It is different. (laughs) Dylan? Oh, go for the Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, Jake, Jake, yeah. It was was a silly joke. (laughs) I liked it. I I thought you killed it there. It was okay. And nobody's denying that um, Dylan Morris is a top five quarterback in in the country, and that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason why he's getting that attention. But even so, the hype that he is getting is not proportional with Yankoff and Sermon. Those guys, too, were four, and sometimes Sermon was close to a five-star recruit. Yeah, everyone is so fascinated by Morris and here's a couple of reasons why the first is Morris is by himself you know those those two quarterbacks that came in previously I mean if you have two quarterbacks you have no quarterbacks but Morris is by himself in this class which makes him kind of the golden boy of 2019 and he's also a different type of quarterback you know Sermon Yankoff Eason it's all about like look how far I can throw it did you see how far I just threw it yeah (laughs) it's almost kind of like this like brain versus brawn complex and Morris certainly has the brain, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you look at physical intangibles, you think that, sorry, when you look at the tangibles, that's like the, the throwing power, right? And the accuracy. Yes, when sure. you see those, you think, oh, that's all, what they're all about. They, they're, they're fast and they're athletic, but they're not so, they're not, but Morris is different because mm-hmm. he's, like, he's a game prep type of guy. Yeah, for sure. No, Dylan Morris is like very Jake Browning y. You know what I mean? He's very <laughs> Jake Browning, Kellen Moore, and. 
You know, I, I'd watch it. Yeah. Say, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Husky fans are going to like that. I was going to say, you know, what? you can yeah. like it or you can not like it. But look <laughs> at Coach Peterson's record with those quarterbacks, and then try to justify not liking it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would argue. The th- I mean, I okay, no, I don't necessarily argue. If you have to choose one person to headline the class, that it's probably Dylan Morris. But I would say. The hyper for UW's class is all the big dudes that they're getting. For sure. All the big, like, you know, the 300-pounders and kind of adding on to the Mm -hmm. all-muscle UW. I mean, Dylan Morris is fantastic, but there is no shortage of quarterbacks in the UW quarterback room. Yeah. And, I mean, really kind of replenishing some of the muscle, I think, is really what kind of what Husky fans should be noticing right now. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of, I guess, kind of the fanfare... One thing working against Dylan Morris is that he's been committed for almost a year and a half now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, you're one you of know. the first guys, and then they kind of forget about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, people are way more excited that the Huskies landed, like, Fa Tui Tui Tele and, um, and Laiatu Latu. And I would say like Dogman guys December. are way more excited they got yeah. those guys. Yeah. I, no, for sure. <laughs> you know, fans are going quarterback. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. No, exactly. But, I, I just think you kind of like lose your shine the longer that you've been committed. Like you kind of just store those guys on the shelf. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think the, the takeaway from Husky football recruiting this early signing period was that they found some really, really big talented guys to play on both their offensive and defensive line. But I think especially the defensive line is blowing people away. Luke, you have Luke, you have really perfected your pronunciation of Pacific Islander <laughs> names. I mean, yeah. it is it is unbelievable how well you can pronounce these guys. <laughs> no, names. I, I appreciate it. The best advice out. I've ever received on kind of the Polynesian last names are you say every vowel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that see that still takes some effort because most people don't know what a vowel is, and you got to kind of go through the alphabet <laughs> and say, okay, this one you pronounce, and by the time that you're done going through all the vowels, it's time to move on. Life goes fast. Yeah, I know it's true, <laughs> but you just like once you hear it once, right? Then you've got it. You know, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Take some classes at UW. Don't they have a Polynesian class now? Polynesian studies class? But, yeah, they have everything at UW. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine so yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Hey, UW fans should not take Dylan Morris for granted. I mean, most schools would be very happy to have a four-star quarterback. But another player that UW fans shouldn't take for granted is Jake Browning. And Luke, you had an, you had a really super awesome tweet the other night. Uh, can, yeah, I, can, I, can I read it? Reaction. Yeah, can I read it? Sure. Oh, okay, and then you can tell us how many likes you got. And I lost track. It's just so many to count. My Christmas wish is that the Husky fans realize how lucky they've been to watch Jake Browning for the past four years and to give him the support he deserves as he pursues his 40th win as a starter in Pasadena. Is that kind of how you would have read it? Yes. No, that's exactly how. <laughs> it's, it's, there's not, you know, looking at it, yeah, there's zero punctuation. It's just, it's just kind of like a plea. Yeah, like my wish is that Husky fans realize how lucky they've been to watch Jake Browning for the past four years and give him the support he deserves as he pursues his 40th win as a starter in Pasadena. Like, it's very matter of fact. You should quote yeah. tweet it and say, hey, where were you all like week four when we were losing the cow? Yeah, <laughs> all, no, these exactly. supported, all these people that supported your tweet. But like, you know, there have been some comments as well that are just like, some of them are like, we'll appreciate him in 10 years. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. Right, like kind of Jackson's, yeah. Like you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain, uh, and then like, but some people like, like, have you watched him play? And it's like, yeah, I have watched him play, and like, you know what? Guess what else I watched? Like, I watched the Huskies lose, uh, freaking twelve games in two thousand <laughs> when I was twelve. You know, like, yeah. let's let's have a little perspective here. Like, where I were you when that, I when I was crying in my yeah, pillow? Huh? Where were you to exactly. support me? <laughs> like, what about when Ronnie Fouch? Through thirteen picks and just four touchdowns, like, and like obviously Ronnie Fouch, I guess, isn't the standard we want to be holding Jake Browning to, but he holds every statistical record at the University of Washington, and he's won thirty nine games, which is a Pac twelve record as well. You know, so like, you know, you can and people will try to argue with me. Like, I'm not arguing that Jake Browning is Jacob Eason, and like, I'm not arguing that he has a phenomenal arm and is a prototypical NFL quarterback. I'm arguing that the Huskies have won 39 games and that if they didn't have Jake Browning, they wouldn't have won 39 games over these four years. And I, I stand by that wholeheartedly. 
and you shouldn't focus on the negative responses because for every like guy that's kind of trolling and I hate to categorize people that disagree with you as trolls but we're gonna do it anyways for every guy <laughs> like that um there's 10 people like I said there's 400 people that like that tweet I have no I, I lost like I said I lost counters there's so many people that supported you <laughs> but you. we need to we need to focus on the people that supported you and if there's one guy that disagrees with you eh, it, that's their loss they don't they, it, a, they mean, don't deserve just, it like there's not a lot to disagree. Like when you when the evidence is put in front of you and is laid out, it's really hard mm-hmm. to say, yeah, you know, I still don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I, and and here's know, the thing: I'm not asking people because Jake, like, I love Jake. Everyone knows this about me. I'm not asking you to love him or say he's your favorite player. I'm just asking you to give our like senior starting quarterback who's won more games over a four-year stretch than any Husky quarterback ever has, that you at least support him. And don't like, don't be like, oh my gosh, like I'd feel good about this game if Jake Browning wasn't our quarterback. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? Okay, he's won 39 games for the Huskies. Like, why don't you just go into this Rose Bowl like excited and hoping that he wins this game so that he can cement his legacy as one of the greatest to ever put on a Husky uniform. Now you have like, a lot. Really you have a lot request. on the line in this Rose Bowl, Luke, uh, Luke. Because for the rest of your life, if Browning is a Rose Bowl champion, your argument is pretty much bulletproof. But it's kind of like the NBA Finals when people say, "Oh, LeBron James lost in the finals." Yeah, but look, he was first in all these categories. Don't care. Yeah. Two and five. <laughs> Jake Brown, you sorry. Luke, you're gonna have the same problem if, if Jake Brown and Camp like if he loses three straight major, uh, you know, New Year's Six bowl games. Um, you 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 can say he was number one in this category. He made this many receivers better, and it's all gonna be mute points because everybody's gonna look at that 0 and three record in Rose Bowls. Uh, sorry, and New Year's Six bowls and go, see, told you it wasn't very good. So keep that in mind going into this matchup. Yeah, no, I realize that like especially this year, Jake has been my hill to die on. And I'm I'm perfectly fine dying on that. If it <laughs> yeah, comes but to that. also, also like you think about even in the LeBron argument, the people who are making that oh well he doesn't do well enough in in the, the finals uh, in the finals <laughs> argument are wrong. Like he's still one of the the best player hey. of all time. Like don't, you can't take that away from him. I don't care how you're trying to make the argument that he's not <laughs> the best player. Of I all time. okay. I, well, okay, I, I saw okay, I saw this point, and 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 we'll move on. But I want to make this last point because I saw an argument from Michael Jordan and LeBron James through 1,072 games. The number of points, assists, and rebounds combined are the same for both players. The biggest difference is Michael Jordan was undefeated in the finals, and LeBron James is two and five. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, "Are you trying to tell me that two rebounds and an assist is worth less? Is worth the same as a three-point shot?" Yeah. There's so many ways you can like think about. It. Okay, say uh, somebody yeah, has two thousand rebounds, two thousand assists, and one thousand points. Another person was just like a a six man that got five thousand points, no rebounds, no assists. And you're telling me that they're, they're the same, they're, they're the same level of player. Then those two thousand assists not turn into four thousand more points as well. It's yeah. but my point is is that you can use statistics, especially in basketball, to make any argument you want. Basically, you can make the argument for any player to sound better. I mean, oh, Kobe Bryant at eight points how many did LeBron James have for 81 like oh none oh well there you go Kobe Bryant's better big time before you can use statistics but you you gotta you gotta look at every single category you can't just use one example and say and then and then use that to cover all all aspects of their game right there is I think where a lot of Jake Browning haters kind of have their argument fall apart because you can't argue against his his record or his statistics you know both of those are Solid, but you can, Luke, because they're gonna but, say, but Oh, look how say, good his sophomore season! Games. Yeah, well, that's it's true. the big games, and it's a sophomore season failure to progress. He still looks like a, a redshirt freshman at times. That's when people say, Yeah, you can look at the stats because he hasn't improved, even though it'd be pretty hard yeah, to but improve. Like, like you said, you can look at Jake's numbers and you can kind of tell the story, like you can kind of tell several different stories with if you look at his numbers. Like, if you look right now, he's averaging the second highest yards per attempt of his career, and he has the second highest completion rate of his of his career. You know? Uh, so, so, to me, he's very efficient. I mean, they're obviously, they're not throwing the ball nearly as much as they did, and that's because they don't have the weapons that they did. But you can still make the... And he's never thrown more than 10 picks in a season. That, that's another one. It's like... So, you, you like, he, he's not putting up the ridiculous... 43 touchdown numbers but he's he's being what you need him to be which is a game manager which is what like you you can say what you want about game managers as well i'd say where the argument 
falls apart for Jake a little bit is the big games. But my question about that is what do you define as a big game? Cause he's won two Pac-12 championships and was beating Stanford when they were ranked seventh in the country at home by 38 points, not a big game yeah. or going out and blowing out the ducks 70, 21 to end a 12 game losing streak. Or that, game. And that was or, a big game, four, but four Apple cup wins. Yeah. I was going to say four Apple cup wins might be the most impressive of them. All. The thing about winning big games is that after it happens, the opposing side goes, Oh, well they weren't as good as we thought they were. Or, Oh yeah, they, 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 they should, it shouldn't have been as hype yeah. of a game as, as it was like the Apple cups and the Stanford game. Like, Oh, Stanford. I mean, they look good going mm-hmm. in, but now we know like that reflecting on it, they weren't that special, which means that it wasn't for some reason, a big game anymore. Yeah. And like, exactly. And the, one of the things that's hurt him is two now of his big game losses have been the final game of the season. So those, uh, like that's just the taste you have left in your mouth as well. And then the other, the other one I'd make an argument for though, in Jake's favor is like, say what you like the Utes have never been, I guess like a top 15 team, but anyone like you can't be a PAC 12 football fan and not really, really respect the Utes. Yeah. And to have Jake never lose to them as well is also very impressive. And they're always close games. And he had, he led, the Huskies to 10 points in what two minutes at home last year. So Jake, I mean, Jake has sh- like stepped up in big games. Uh, he didn't, he didn't play phenomenal against Alabama. He played pretty darn well. I thought against Penn state, but Penn state <laughs> had like a 70% co- like conversion rate on third down. Barkley was doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trace McSorley, like it was always third and seven. McSorley steps up in the pocket and he finds what's to say, Stashawn Hamilton or yeah. that massive Mike Gesicki or whatever the receipt or the tight end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so that was just. I mean, oh my gosh. If, so that was brutal. I mean, like, yeah. it's hard. You kind of pick and choose. Like both sides of the Jake Browning argument, pick and choose where they kind of rest their case. You know, uh, but this is a little. This stand. is a little un- unrelated. But I think the common denominator of a a Jake Browning hater is that you don't like physically unimpressive quarterbacks. Yeah. And you have something against intelligent quarterbacks. And with that in mind, I would love to see what would happen. And I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I just would say I would love to see what would happen if Jake Hayner is named the starting quarterback next year. Oh, they'd be... Which I think people... Are, are, you know, have completely, uh, yeah, people know, way too quickly dismiss that as a possibility. Dismiss that, uh, yeah, and, and I would say that is entirely a possibility, yeah. um, that I mean, that happens. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a probability, but the, the like the percentage of that happening is signi- like it's closer to 50% than it is to 0%. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, they like Jake Hayner, and you know what? Jake Browning haters liked Jake Hayner too for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, then, yeah. and then the Huskies lost the Cal game uh, when everyone they, loved him after North Dakota. And yeah, just, exactly. You know, and then get he gets thrown his in first one bad situation. Action. Yeah, he gets put. Which, by the way, is not on Jake Hayner. I still yeah. love Jake Hayner. Yeah, you know, I think he's a good quarterback. But he gets thrown in a bad situation, makes a mistake, and then people are like, "Oh shoot, maybe this Browning fellow." Is they didn't <laughs> like Jake Hayner in that North Dakota game. They liked the idea of Jake Hayner that somebody, anybody, could just do what what Browning does, but a lot better. So I don't think they were in love with Hayner. They just kind of used him as a scapegoat, saying, "Yeah, he could come in here and do better than Browning was if the first half." This is really kind of a, like tangent and not that important, but. Uh, sitting in the press box, we were all kind of joking, like, because you knew eventually it would get out of hand and that Jake Hayner would get a couple <laughs> of turns. We were like, mm-hmm. how funny would it be? Because Jake threw two picks against North Dakota, which is just so uncharacteristic of Jake. And then how funny, we were like, how funny would it be if Jake Hayner comes in and just marches the Huskies down the field? <laughs> and then, ten like, ten. sure enough, he just, like, back shoulder ball to Ty Jones, touchdown. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, it came true. <laughs> and then message board just on fire, lighting up. Like, you can just see the difference when it leaves his hand. He's even more accurate than Jake is, like, all the stuff. And it's like, okay, oh, guys, calm down. Yeah. That's that's throwing a lot of, they were trying to throw a lot of shade at Browning with that, with that while still looking like the good yeah. guys. Like, no, we're just analyzing football right yeah. now. No, yeah, no we're just, we're just the, looking at this new quarterback. The difference between Jake Browning and Jake Hayner to me, I think obviously Jake Browning is much more experienced. I think they're similar physically. I think Jake Hayner's a little more of a gunslinger, and 
like that can, which which by the way people will have a hard time accepting if he becomes a starter that he's a more of a gunslinger than Browning. Not that saying that Browning was throwing it all over the place, but Hayner does not pass the eye test. The Eason's a gunslinger, right? Sermon's a gunslinger. Yeah, that's the I thing was, what what excites me the most is <laughs> how little Hayner passes the eye test. Yeah, it's such an the, oxymoron. The, the, the coaching staff seems to love him, and, and I mean you know yeah more power to them. I don't I don't get to watch him play or anything, but it just seems like. Fans and the Browning haters love the eye test. They they die by the eye test, and they so want to see Eason Yank and off. Sermon because those guys just click all. They, you know they hit all the check marks on the eye test. <laughs> the eye test but is it, a funny game, though. You know it is because right the, the same like you, you. I I wonder how those Jake Browning haters feel about like Ben Brickhaven. You know, yeah, that guy yeah. does not pass the eye test. But six foot two thirty. It's 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 that's undersized for, it's, a, for a inside linebacker. Yeah, that's not <laughs> and, that is not. And UW's defense either. You know, and <laughs> not, not even two thirty. Okay. Yeah, it, right. But but he's a machine. So it, people could say he passes the eye test on like film or whatever. But it's like oh okay, so he he's good. Is what you're saying? Like I don't know. Hey, uh, yeah. so it's, uh, and going off the eye test example. So some people will be like that for Hayner. That's going to be me with Elijah Molden next year. I'm going to be giving that guy, uh, if, if looks could kill, that's going to be me next year when I see Elijah Molden starting <laughs> at the outside corner spot. I'm going to be like, hey, you we'll sure? See, I mean, you sure? Is this, to see how is they this mix it? things around out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've seen like the Huskies. Elijah Molden's made some big plays. He's made some good plays, but he like he also uh, like kind of got picked on over the middle against Stanford because he's five nine or whatever, and yeah. then those Stanford tight ends are six seven, and it's like okay, like there's a certain point that's uncoverable at that height, and that like just that size difference. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. Let's look at the 2019 WSU recruiting class, Jackson. Who do you think is the headliner for this class? Well, I you know, I I we're not gonna see him for a while, but I think it might be uh, Patrick. Uch- Uchinski, the the Walla Walla That's kid, what I would the have offensive said. tackle. I think second and a close second is going to be Jameer Thomas, who is the uh, who's a running back. Oh, he's going to be a running back, but he played inside linebacker as well as running back in a high in a high school in Ohio. Couldn't tell you the, the high school, but uh, he his strength and conditioning coach was actually a former WSU strength and conditioning coach, and he kind of had that connection and brought him out to brought him out to Pullman. So I think him. I think it's gonna be interesting. Like, if depending depending upon if if James Williams steps goes into the NFL, um, then then we will see him, and, and there's gonna be a lot of competition for, for starting running sna- back for those snaps. Well, no, it's not gonna be competition for the starting running back, and obviously, the, I mean, you think Max Borgie's just gonna take it? <laughs> the starting running back title is very much a formality. Like just, I mean, even like yeah, look at what James guys. Williams was the starting running back this year. I mean, Max Borgie still had twelve touchdowns. Yeah, but more, so. Borgie was more efficient, giving the illusion that he was getting almost as many uh, touches as Williams. Williams is still getting the, like probably 65, 35, 60, 40, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's just that Borgie was kicking ass me, with his carries. This is unrelated. I'm just gonna make a statement, and then we can just ignore it. But to <laughs> me, James Williams is the most criminally underused player in the history of college football. <laughs> right? I mean, I so he has. 508 or was he no excuse me 530 total touches in his career i mean yeah miles gaskin miles gaskin has 908 yeah like obviously very different schemes but like well but again williams think about that but think about that so miles also has played one more year but the thing about that that makes that contrast so wild to me is and i need to pull up this exact number is that miles has 62 receptions in his career right So yeah. Miles almost has 400 more touches without any receptions. You know, it's yeah. all just getting handed the ball. Yeah, I, I, I think you're definitely right about him being underused. And he's clearly the best, you know, best skill position player on WSU's roster. Um, but I guess that's an, an argument for another time. Yeah. And then another guy who I'm struggling with the name and I think we're all struggling with the name, but uh, Juvonsley Bazile. Yeah, I was gonna say out of uh, Florida, same uh, same town that uh, Travell Harris is from, and supposedly just uh, a real speedster. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about uh, 
uncreditable 40 times, but people were saying like four, five, four, four range. Um, that's fast. That is fast. That, that is fast. So, you know, is he the one that, like who, who were people, who's the guy that's part of the class that people call black cheetah? That is, yes, that is him. Okay. Yeah. Juvonsley. I think that's, I think that's how you pronounce it, but you know, I could be wrong. But I think I think between those three guys, those are kind of the you know playmakers that you're going to see. Maybe not next year, but in due time. It seems like you were trying to avoid the quarterback Gunner Cruz. He's got a lot of good things going on for him right now. Yeah. I mean, came on who? Right? It's all about Gunner Cruz now. Just the name, Gunner Cruz. I mean, that is that a is, football that is name. A, that is a winner's name, and that it's a, a little. If, it's a little exotic too, man. Cruz, like you don't know. I mean, yeah. what is this? What is this like a like a football, like a youth football movie or something? But yeah, I mean, you have to feel good about your chances of winning if your quarterback is named Gunner Cruz. And like, like I we've I've talked about it with some quarterbacks in the past with some of my friends. In a UW example of this, obviously Gunner won't want this guy's career, uh, but is uh, Troy Williams? Like that's a Heisman name. That is it. <laughs> you know, Troy <laughs> yeah. Williams is a Heisman winning name. And yeah. so is Gunnar Cruz. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, like like Cam and Cooper, like, you know, Connor Neville, if you remember how highly he was touted coming out of high school, like you got to wait and see what these guys can do once they get into the offense, start taking practice snaps. Like hype is hype is hype. And then once you get to the practice field, you know, we really see what, what you're capable of. So obviously, you know, tangibles wise, he's got, it's, he seems to have it all. He's got the build. He's got everything. It just is a matter of what happens when Mike Leach is in your ear and and he's calling the plays and how do you, how do you, you know, translate that into touchdowns is really what it comes down to. And we haven't been able to see that yet. You know, we, we talked so highly about Cam Cooper before he came in and he got, you know, and he, there's a lot of freshman, uh, freshman characteristics with, you know, being the gunslinger, a lot of very impressive throws, but also a lot of mistakes. So it takes time and you really have to like realize everyone wants the freshman starting the freshman. Oh, they love it. They love that. idea. Ready to go and just hit the ground running. But very rarely is that the case. And I'm sure it's going to be there's going to be freshman mistakes from Gunnar Cruz, and I I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback. But you know, will they give him a shot? Will they give him oh they some should of the snaps like they they gave Cam Cam Cooper? Absolutely. There's two categories of WSU quarterbacks on the roster right now. You got Tinsley, uh, you got Connor Neville, you got John Bledsoe, and then on the other category you got Kamon Cooper and Gunnar Cruz. And I think the biggest difference between Cruz and Cooper, because those guys will always be compared as going into this season, Cruz is a, is a little less unorthodox than Cooper. Cooper is kind of a wild card. He's a, he's a lefty. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got he's a little more. He's they're both very yeah. athletic. But Nelson Cruz, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Nelson uh, Cruz, nice. Gunner Cruz, uh, he he definitely has more of that kind of pocket passer, can move a little bit, uh, but almost more more of a Gardner Minshew style uh, than what Kmon Cooper presents right now. But what do you hope to see out of Kmon Cooper going into the season? Do you want to see him take that next step? Uh, do do you want to see him separate himself from Gunner Cruz right now? Because I mean, I mean he, he was a four star guy. I would love to see him separate himself. It's just a matter of will he separate himself? You know, uh, does he kind of shed some of those? you know, throws that, that you don't want to see that you, that you expect to see from your freshman quarterback, you know, what is he, what steps does he take in his redshirt freshman year? And it's just, you know, it's, it's a matter of time. We got to wait and see. He, he definitely has, he, it seems intangibly everything is there and is, and is going right. That he's not, he's not getting too frustrated about his position. He's, he's taking his time and uh, gosh, I mean, trying to figure out the right way to characterize this, but He's doing the things that he needs to do, and it's it's just a matter of will he do it. You know, this is like it. We can we can obviously have this conversation, but it, we do need to wait and see until spring ball when these guys start putting on the pads and and, and throwing throwing pa- passes as you know competing for the starting quarterback. Right now, it's it's we don't really know that much. You know what I'm saying? It was an early signing period for all four major Washington colleges, and Central Washington is very sad that nobody wanted to sign with them early. 
by the way, I just want to explain with the CW. I keep saying that they were very sad. Nobody signed with them. Uh, the the truth is that uh, at, at the D two level and below, uh, there's yeah. just there's so many variables in play. I mean, like the, the schools offer way later in the process. I mean, mm-hmm. um, most most of the recruits mm-hmm. that most of the offer central sent out was like in the last uh, month. So and 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 then you got like you know schools like Southwestern Minnesota State. Uh, Montana Tech. I mean, there's all these kind of NAI, NAIA, Division Three, uh, Western Oregon. So it, it, it's it's a much like the yeah. the the Pac-12 recruiting starts much earlier. So Central's not actually that sad that nobody's and offering them at this point. Nobody's. I would say on top offers. of that, like, what's the point of signing with a D2 school early when you never know what's going to happen? You know, loyalty, yeah. commitment. Like, yeah. True, but like, what if? <laughs> so what if you're like, I don't know, you have a Central Washington offer, and you're like, you know what? Sure, I'm going to do it, but. Over like the course of the uh, winter, it turns out a couple Portland State players are going to transfer or medically retire yeah. or something, and all of a sudden, an FCS school needs to throw an offer at like <laughs> that position. You're like, oh shoot, that could have been me. You know, that so could have been me, and I'm just, already committed. It <laughs> doesn't re- like to me, like even to see Eastern sign seven early kind of surprises me. But yeah, well, I think you know. For, especially at like kind of the D two because it's not all those con- not all those scholarships are are fully guaranteed or are full or I don't even know I what they're halves they vary they, they vary sometimes okay. they get quarters yeah 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 so I mean if you wait and you do pick up one of those FCS that's it's gonna be a full that's guaranteed a full scholarship yeah, at least so, academic yeah yeah like. The, the money right money wise it's it's worth waiting like forget loyalty i mean you can be as loyal as you want to central washington but if portland state's going to pay for your mm-hmm. school in mm. full like not, then, then, you also, have deci- then you have a decision not, to make you're not held yeah. to the standard of loyalty until you commit you know what i mean yeah you owe nothing to a school until you commit to them yeah yeah, nobody's coming to Central Washington early. But getting back to Eastern, Eastern has uh they've always they've been a reputation of being uh in-state recruits. Uh, on this year's roster, 70% of the players are from in-state. Although be- between you and I, most of the featured players, you know, I'm talking quarterback, I mean running back Antoine Custer, wide receiver Simba Webster, they're not from Washington. But mm-hmm. the entire special teams unit is from Vancouver or it's from Spokane. So that's kind of the, the layout of the roster. The quarterbacks tend to be from out of state, and the backup linebackers are from Moses Lake. But yeah. uh, I'm not judging. Whatever works, works for them. Well, I think I think in terms of Eastern Washington, that it's good that you know people from out of state take interest in going to Eastern Washington, that there's some brand recognition. And out of all the in-state schools – or out of all this, the schools in the state of Washington that you can say, oh, well, it's actually good that they're getting more guys out of state. I would say Eastern Washington, that's probably the best school for that because it does say that there's brand recognition outside of the state and that, you know, the national champion, uh, national championship appearances and, and you know, the the continued success that they have had is is actually, you know, turning into uh, a brand and, and it's being recognized out of the state. It always surprises me the number of like Los Angeles and Bay Area kids that are interested in coming to Shaney, Washington. And if you ask a lot of the players that committed or were a part of the early 2010s team, um, they didn't, they hadn't even, I, I think now if you ask the kid in LA, Hey, have you heard of Eastern Washington university? They would know it like they know Montana state or, or, you know, Portland state. They, Oh yeah, they're in the big sky. But that, that wasn't always the case. Um, if you talk, like I said, if you talk to kids in the early 2010s, they would say, I didn't, I never even heard of Eastern Washington until they sent me a letter. And then I did a little bit of research, saw they were national champions in 2010. This is a school with rich tradition. They sent players to the NFL. Uh, and that, piqued my interest but even with that background even with that pedigree in the program it still surprises me that these california boys still want to come to sheeny washington as opposed to maybe playing for uh, a, 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 a division one double a uh locally maybe in the sacramento area or uh, different parts of nevada utah but sheeny washington man they, they do it for the number of kids they get from those areas is not like it doesn't make sense that they would all want to come to Shaney. I guess it's just the football tradition that Eastern has. Yeah, I mean it. It is tough to 
you know, winning winning is a magical thing. When you winning, can win ball dude, games, you're so right, man. Things can go your way. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, that's. I mean, for God's sake, North Dakota State's won like six national championships yeah, in this decade. Right? Uh, Going to play Eastern and the national championship, Frisco, Texas, on January fifth. But uh, an Eastern Washington player, uh, he was arrested. Um, he was arrested a couple weeks ago. He's going through kind of the legal process right now. And here at Washington Football Crunch, we consider our specialty to discuss player arrests because <laughs> they might be sensitive topics, but luckily, we are a sensitive show. <laughs> Anyways, following Eastern Washington's quarterfinals victory over UC Davis, Eastern Washington defensive lineman, and, and Luke, you're going to tell me with this one. Actually, I'll do it. JT <laughs> Tuli <Yep>. alleged, <laughs> allegedly thought of the idea allegedly he thought that it might be a good idea to allegedly punt his brother in the skull and this took Whoa. place oh my god <laughs> this is what oh happened this is it, it, yeah this is this is why he's uh he's in hot water right now it, uh, the incident was allegedly witnessed by a police officer at 3:30 a.m. in downtown Cheney and again this is following their quarterfinals victory over UC Davis the kick to the head knocked his brother unconscious, which makes me sad because it's it's you just you just don't recover yeah. from that. You, you, I, I don't care if your family is family, but when you kick your family member in the skull and he and he passes out, it might take a long time. That's that's a that's gonna be a, an awkward session at the dinner table after. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, should he play here? Correct. Well, I haven't given you, I haven't given you all the information. So maybe, okay. maybe we should get all the info. Okay, yeah, let's get, let's get all the details here. Although it's not looking good. Yeah, it gets worse. Um, officers oh, were whoa. dispatched after allegedly a gun was then involved in the altercation. Oh my goodness. JT told the police officers, and I'm sure he was read his Miranda rights, but he talked anyways, uh, that his brother punched him first. And then broke his car window. Now, after hearing all of this, you're probably wondering, does JT play a lot? Well, he's a 6'4", 320-pound redshirt senior, and he's listed as a starter. And he started 11 of his 36 career games. And they're going to need him for the national championship in a couple yeah. weeks here. He's a, he's, a, he's a crucial element. I mean, 320-pound nose tackles don't grow on trees, especially Imagine in Sheeney. getting kicked in the head <laughs> by... Yeah. Jeez. Oof. Dude, and like you always see in movies, people get hit and then they like you know slow motion fall to the ground. But man, you just like you think, what part of your brain has to get knocked out for you to physically be unable to continue? Probably the the frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I'm, even know, but I or, <laughs> I think or it, it probably bounce around so many times in his head that whatever vital part like it ended up hitting his. Yeah. Like skull. <laughs> combined with a little, combined with a little bit of a substances, maybe some alcohol. Yeah. Andy yeah, said in the movies they go to the ground slow. That doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> uh, you're, hit, you're hitting the ground full speed. Well, hopefully they got JT's brother in some concussion protocol because now, hopefully they have money, on li- some life support. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. So I mean, so this is I don't understand what's alleged. Like so we're all. I guess this allegedly happened. I, I'm trying pick. to protect ourselves right now. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna no, say. No. And then he punched uh, his yeah, brother, no, and then no. the window broke, and then he punted I, him, and then he, the, there was a gun. There was a gun. Probably, that's <laughs> the smartest way to go about it. Uh, so but man, I mean, brothers. I mean, I've gotten in a fight with my brother, and sure, it's gotten physical. But to pull Jeez, a gun man. on your brother, man. Hey, hey, Lil Jackson. I don't. They said the gun I'm was pretty involved. Sure Jay Z shot his brother, so. Oh, Isn't that well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Jackson, you fought John before? John and I have gone at it. Like, I mean, like as for real? Like, <laughs> It's been years since me and Goodness John have gracious. gotten after it. But I mean, like, oh, what do you, th- what do you mean, what, you 13, 14? <laughs> well, no, I get like, oh, oh yeah. Fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you shot the- his brother. Here's the ABC.com headline. Jay-Z remembers shooting brother at age 12. My goodness. Wait, was it like a that's a late I mean, shot or maybe like was it maybe a light shot? You could maybe say like this. Well, his brother's alive, I'm pretty sure. Um but like here's maybe a spin you can make. Jay Z was twelve, kids are dumb. Right? Yeah. Like make yeah. rational. Where did he get the gun? 
yeah, that's just kind of where you don't want to dig deeper. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you can you can guess where the, the gun came from. You know, um, with these incidents, they always happen following Eastern victories. Remember last year when Gage Gruber got arrested for public intoxication and he said, I'm the fucking quarterback? That happened yeah. after Eastern won a, like a regular season game. This is following the, remember that quarterfinal game where Sam McPherson had the game-winning touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, was the, that was it. That was the night this happened. Man, these guys got to just keep their cool after these wins. I mean, go celebrate. You're with, your, you're with family. You just won a big quarterfinal game. Like, go have some fun. Don't get in a fight with your brother. Uh, you know, do you know, do you know, I could justify him playing. Um, there's two incidents where if you play a guy and he did the, one of these two things that you are inexcusably a horrible human being. And th- don't get me wrong. This is close, but it's still a shade under violence against women and murder. It's th- like those are the two yes. things where you like okay you're off the team no questions asked. Aaron Best is still like yeah we'll we'll let the legal process play itself out we don't know yet. I'm not gonna comment yeah. on it publicly. But if it's like some type of like murder charge or rape or something of that allegation, you guys agree with that right? That's when you say yeah you're off the team. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean I think. <sighs> I, I mean, I suppose you got to let the legal legal system go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's think about this. And, and maybe these programs are different standards, but um, like, think about what happened to Azim Victor. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't like he didn't commit a felony, right? Yeah. Actually, is like a DUI a felony? DUI a felony? I think it has to be like a second. It's yeah. got to be like a well, third. Either degree, way, yeah. he didn't he didn't kick his brother in the head, yeah. and he. <laughs> was Man. he just driving drunk? That was it. Yeah, I, I, I can't even remember. It might have been even driving high. It was one of the two. <laughs> it was one sort of DUI. But then he, like, relatively minor, like, obviously, the, it's a dangerous thing to do. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't compare to kicking your brother in the head. But he still missed senior day and the bowl game. Yeah. You know? So, but, but it's, I mean, Chris Peterson, I mean, he's in the spotlight. He's in a national spotlight. Eastern's kind of. Hey, did you know the national championships being played in two weeks? Oh, who's playing? Eric Barrier. He's this really good quarterback. Trust me. Like that's the that's yeah, the level that's of analysis true. that at, is on Eastern right now compared to you know Chris Peterson. He has a legacy to uphold right now. Aaron Best. Yeah, let's follow the legal. Pro- Could you imagine if Chris Peterson would say stuff like that when his players yeah. get in trouble? Yeah, we're just gonna let the legal process play out and let them play in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, especially with Coach Peterson. Uh, and the whole idea of the uh, built for life thing is like you really mm-hmm. kind of short chain or like you, you kind of handcuff your like yourself with things like that. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. like you cannot you like you cannot <clears throat> overlook things like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think really what you know you kind of set up you have to consider like previous altercations with your player like with your players and the law. You know what what precedent has been set and, and how yeah, you keep it consistent. Sure. So, I mean, like, you know, what, like, obviously, public intoxication is not quite the same as kicking your brother in the head. <laughs> but, like, what was the protocol when that happened with Gubrud? What, you know... Oh, they suspended consistent. him. Yeah. So, I mean, then, then your answer, if they suspended him for public intoxication, your answer is probably we're spending JT. It's, um, it's, well, the thing is, he's a retro senior, so... Yeah. He, he, no, might, he probably should just get out of here. If you're Aaron Best... You've kind of got to be like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. the timing of this could not be worse. It could literally not possibly be worse. <laughs> yeah. Should we do this uh, American Idol style? Like, yes or no? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's pretty consensus here. Yeah, like, I think it's <laughs> relatively consensus. Micah, yeah. do you disagree? Is It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, it's as a no, not playing. <laughs> you just, you just wanted no to say that. Me. Yeah, I was saying that. That's all you wanted. Okay. Uh, nose, all, nose around the board. So let's talk, about a, let's talk about a good person right now. Let's talk about Steve Gleason. Gleason is about to yeah, be, uh, be recognized uh, the con- by Congress. Was it co- the Congressional Recognition? Uh, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah, Congressional yeah. Medal of Honor and recognition of his eight-year journey for conquering... ALS, and this is what I like about Steve Gleason. He's one of the few do-gooders that is not commercialized. And I'm not saying it's bad to commercialize your uh, community service. Um, for example, Russell Wilson, he does these hospital visits, and he has a camera crew following him to each room. And that's not a yeah. bad thing. He's still doing the, 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 the good thing. But Gleason is just an angel. <laughs> He's just a hero. 
Yeah. No, and what's also what I love about Steve Gleason, too, is he does all this. He doesn't do it for any sort of fame, and he has a sense of humor while he does it all. In, I mean, gosh, his situation is so dang tough, and he continues to have a sense of humor. And I'm, I'm, I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm trying to pull up some of these tweets that I'm talking about, but like, like I one of the one of the ones that I, I'm a big fan of. He like he makes fun of like, or I guess not make. I mean, yes, it's making fun of, but he'll make fun of his like own ALS, where he's like, man, like I was scared stiff at like oh, whatever gosh. game or something like that. No. And I mean, just being able to see him too far, be able, too, too no, soon. I, if you think a person with ALS making fun of his own ALS is too far. It's too soon. Too soon? What is? What do you mean too soon? Like, how is it too soon? It was eight years ago. It's, it's, it's insensitive. Okay. How about, okay, this. I had to use, I had to use my outside voice for intimidation. With, and there's a picture of him with his, because, you know, he has to use the, 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 the voice, machine, voice yeah. the automated voice machine. Mm-hmm. Like, just being able to show other people with ALS, like, this is not like you can overcome it. Yeah. And it can't be so crippling to your world that where it takes okay, your sense here, of humor here's away. Here's why. Here's why that works because Steve Gleason has been so successful um, in his endeavors the last eight years that we kind of laugh along with it. But if that's like your uncle and he's making those well, comments okay. in the living room, it's well, like also ugh. yeah. He has he has done so much for ALS and and, and society and society yeah. and, and and so much. That when you see him make a joke like that, it's like, yeah, obviously he's he's having a little bit of fun here. Like he's not like making fun yeah, of he's people in a good with place. ALS. He's in a good place right now. Yes, exactly, and that's why it's not too far or it's not you know insensitive. Like he's <laughs> having fun and he's showing that he still has a sense of humor despite having ALS and, and that. And, and is, that's part of it, man. It's, it's, it's humor. Yeah, yeah, humor. it's humanizing. It's humanizing yes. people with disabilities. That's actually like a big advocacy uh, for the, the dis- I don't know, the disability community. I'm sorry if that's mm-hmm. incorrect, but um, yeah. yeah, it's just basically treating them like normal people, not not like this is just people are people, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, people, people forget about that, but that's one of Steve Gleason's uh, biggest biggest accomplishments i guess if you want to call it an accomplishment or just characteristic I, i'd say that's probably better i got some news that's going to gas you guys up right now mm-hmm. apparently fans are handing out hashtag mmfg shirts yeah. with gaskin's face on it i don't know what that means but man that come on like you can't you can't be well, doing that yeah i mean the the thing that is okay about oh by the way i just want to say i i do know what what it, what, it, what it means what mfg yes. means yes. <laughs> i was i was hoping you guys would be like you, you don't know what to- yeah well no if someone listening doesn't know though the first word is miles and the last name is Ga- or the last word is gaskin that's all you need so to know so you get the mf you can just figure it out <laughs> yeah um, okay but uh they're not, so the thing is i i kind of looked deeper into it and they're they're ordering 50 shirts and not selling them. So I think that's kind of where it becomes legal. Dude, but you know whoever takes it is going to sell it. That I mean I mean this is this is this is the wor- this is how humans are, man. We 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 make money off stuff. Yeah, okay, but then that's just I mean, going on eBay. Yeah, that's all those I mean, shirts. I guess are- the, that's the uh that's I guess the like the, that whoever shirt is so chooses badass to do that and so scarce. Yeah. It's so badass that shirt, dude. It's I so mean, why are they you know, not, but there's so, not a huge. I don't think there's a huge like, you know, I I wouldn't wear um MMFG shirt all over the place, and I'm that's a, true. Like you know, like you I think wouldn't? like it's cool. Yeah, no, but it's like at the end of the day, that it's like a, so it's like cool. a you, you like if I really wanted it, I would go to just like, I don't know what's the name of what like custom shirt ink or well whatever, no here's the thing because most no order, yeah. but they put a lot of effort into these shirts most of those customized shirts it's like you want an orange shirt or you want a purple shirt that miles gassing shirt it has the different like shades and it has the detail on the face and it's like go it goes over the hashtag mmfg that's like outlined in a different color it's 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 treated it's like a like a jordan or a nike t-shirt there's a lot of so attention to detail in it shirts i um, know it's a guy uh, his Twitter alias is Dennis DeYoung. Uh, through, okay. uh, so he uh, is part of the season is over podcast. Okay. Uh, yes, and it is. He's part their, of. Oh, okay. It is their. It is their camp. Those like his group of people at a tailgate down in Pasadena will be handing them out. Okay. Cool. 
No, not cool. <laughs> this, is, this this could turn out bad because they're not trying to make money off it. But those those shirts are gonna. Uh, you know what? We're gonna set the president not right now. To make, what's what's so bad about not trying to make money off something and just having just for the the spirit? Yeah, uh, I mean, of fan. It's I guess all the, the worst fans case. that are getting because the, the fans that arrive early are the most hardcore merchandise collectors. Yeah. It's like those guys at the airport yeah. that ask Browning for an autograph with a kid. And then take a picture of Browning as he looks up and goes, whoa, what just happened? I just got my picture taken while signing his ball. And they post on eBay saying, Browning authentic autograph, photo confirmed. And they have the little mini helmet. with the, It's the same concept. Yeah. The people that show up early aren't going to be like, hey, I came here for the Rose Bowl. Whoa, cool shirt. No, it's, it's, it's going to be, there's only 50 of them. It's going to be very attention to detail. The fans that are going to show up and take these shirts and they're going to find a way to get gas. Hey, did you see this shirt online? Yeah, take a look at it. Can I get your signature on it? I love this shirt, I man. Think, I think we might be overreacting over T-shirts. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day. It, it'll be on eBay for 100 bucks. It'll be on eBay for at least okay. 100 bucks in a well, couple weeks here. They're... they're Two things I guess I would say there is like I just don't under, like I don't know really what the legal ramifications of there's that none. are. There's none. There's none. Yeah. So I, like not a not a huge deal. But there. Browning's and not like, going to get any of that. I don't money. know, dude. I'm not spending a hundred bucks on an MMFT <laughs> t-shirt. Like yeah. I know there's only fifty of them, but it's not like it's not like this super valuable relic. You know, it's just like it's a funny t-shirt. <laughs> and also, there are no copyright on this thing, so you could just go and make your own. See it. Yeah. See a picture and go make your own. Yeah, um, you know, like which would I'm sure cost you less than a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, you bought you bought it in bulk. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add on to that, Luke? No, I mean I just think it's a funny way to kind of honor Miles Gaskin. Uh, this whole MMFG thing has really caught steam. It's caught fire. <laughs> yeah, like people love MMFG. Everyone's saying <laughs> it. So you know, like, and, and he deserves it. He's the best Husky of my lifetime. I think. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember that story I told you of what can Browning do for you? Oh uh, no! What was this? Oh, was the, that the uh, like the the? It was like some sort of like company truck, right? Yeah, there's a there's a. I don't know. If it was a pack. It was probably a packaging company, but um, they branded their company. What can Browning do for you? And their logo was an outline of a three, like a husky three, but it was like kind of like black and white, you know, silhouette style. And I asked them, "Hey, uh, can you do that?" And he said, "The fans." So he said, "Uh, um, if Browning wants to buy, he's more than welcome to." So he basically made his company, and this is a few years ago, so it was kind of like when Browning was like a sophomore, so he had longevity to it. But he, he not only did he take pride in using his likeness to make money for his company, but he also said that if Browning wants it, he can buy it. So he's being very generous. <laughs> you know, uh, well, people, well, people do some crazy things. While we're on some silly topics, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on Eason being verified on Twitter but not Browning? Oh, well... Jacob Easton's much more of a Twitter personality because Jake, uh, Jake Browning disappears during the season. So I think that... Really dramatic, yeah. Yeah, I think that is the reason. Um, that's probably the main reason. Jake Jacob Easton tweets a lot more, and he double dips in fan bases. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, so, having the SEC, SEC uh, yeah. following and background. And the Georgia fans love that guy. Like If you look <laughs> at anything he posts, honestly, I'm going to go to the, see the last thing he posts. And I'm going to look at the comments, and I I actually guarantee you the last thing that he tweeted has um like go dogs underneath it, uh, but like the the Georgia one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, that's very convenient for him. Yeah, like for example, Chris McKelvey on Twitter. Good luck in 2019. Hashtag Dog Nation is pulling for you. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. The Georgia I... fans love this kid. They absolutely love him. I that's very surprising to me that they still. Love uh, a kid well, that transfers. Well, no, here's like why: that. because they ha- they got a better quarterback to replace him. Basically, if he left and he just you abandoned us, that would be the narrative. If he just left on his own terms, but it was more of like it's it's more kind of like a, almost a pity thing. Like, yeah, sorry, we found a five star quarterback to replace the five star quarterback, and now we have another five star quarterback to replace him. So it's like life is good. Yeah, hmm. that's the reason why. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson, have you seen uh, any wacky photos on Twitter recently? Any wacky photos on Twitter? I, I'm, like I'm that, implying, that are... I'm hinting at. I, I hope you pick this up. N- n- no, I, I don't think I have. Did you not see the Garner Minshew photo when he was like oh, uh, okay, holding? Okay. Like, how did that photo come together? Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, then yeah, yes, I did see the, the the WCU quarterback Christmas card. What I would have loved is if they would have like actually like made a real Christmas card out of that and like sent it. To like all the Pac-12 schools, like send yeah, it and to, see if they can't get, start like, a little Chris, competition. Get get Chris Peterson's like address, 
like send it to him <laughs> send it to send it to all the coaches like i think that would be awesome if they did that do, do you think that u-dub could replicate that oh absolutely yeah they I'm could sure come up w- with something funny U-Dub. i would love it if it was and i you know it probably wouldn't it probably would end up being very too competitive just knowing how football players are but i would love it if just around the christmas time of year there wouldn't have to be any rubbing it into anyone's faces about what had happened who beat who at any given time it's like let's just send out a christmas card to everyone all right like can we just enjoy a christmas card and not get bitter over each other like just this one yeah. time i just but i'm dropped- sure if it did start there would be mm-hmm. Total, like it would just be so much shade in all of them. Yeah, but Luke, this picture you just gave us isn't like. No, it's not as funny. But I'm saying that like these guys like, obviously have Christmas. This parties. could easily become like a, a tradition, though. You know, like it doesn't yeah. have to be funny. But like, there's some funny stuff here. Like, ben, look what Ben Brickhaven's wearing. Like, what is that? You know, and then Pete Kwiatkowski's <laughs> coat. Like, it's not super funny, but it's like everyone could get together and like do a little Christmas card competition. Like, everyone's already getting together. That's the exact point. You know, wait. It's so like, when why don't you guys send... just dress a little funnier, take a picture, and then it's fun. Yeah, but when you when you say send them to other schools, I just hey, let's address this to University of California campus. Like, is that what you mean by sending Christmas? Because oh, unless I mean, it's on social media, their... nobody knows that they sent these Christmas cards to all the other schools. Yeah, I. But I mean. Holiday greetings from... <laughs> yeah, okay. So you send it to a coach. Coach just said... It takes, could be like the ice bucket challenge. Takes a quick picture. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if if everyone was doing it, like WSU is receiving Christmas cards from, from Cal, Utah, Colorado, and I was like, nice to get a picture, nice to get the Christmas card from Cal. Like, you know, just showing some Pac-12 unity. You know what is, would make that a lot better? I mean, sorry, a lot easier for that to happen? If they would win, Twitter. if they would win their bowl games, <laughs> if they would, yeah, well, if they were represented to the national championship, uh, that would make the whole unity like, hey, we're all in this together. I mean, there's so much tension between schools. Like, you guys got to, you guys got to perform better on non-conference games. Like, no, you yeah. got to perform better non-conference. It, but like you See, said, put the, right, put the put put the shit aside. Yeah, put the, yeah, put the <laughs> put the game, put the the play aside, and just send a nice Christmas card. <laughs> but like like I said, I just don't think it's within football players like capabilities to do that yeah be nice i am i'm yeah be be nice to yeah. one another i am 100 percent confident that the chris the the wcu christmas card they're gonna be sending to oregon would not be nice or what <laughs> you know oregon's christmas card to u-dub would not be nice yeah, maybe have yeah, like a no, dead dog bad. hanging from the ornament like something you classic know, like, like I, the I huskies wish... would have some way to get six in a row or something in there <laughs> yeah you know it's a little shit. i just I just want it just to be. Oh, that's a little too far, Lou. You got to be no mean, nothing mean, <laughs> but it just happen. to be friendly towards one another. And I just don't think it would be possible. But I don't know. Pac-12, go prove me wrong. Well, UW's got to prove the, the world wrong when they try and beat Ohio State. And one of the biggest matchups in this game is going to be the Ohio State receivers taking on the UW defensive backs. On the Ohio State side, you got big time threats. I mean, Paris Campbell, uh, Terry McLaurin, they got. Double-digit touchdowns. KJ Hill is a good receiver, uh, on, but on UW, on yeah, but on UW side, man, you got you got good guys too. Uh, Jordan Miller, JoJo McIntosh, Taylor Rapp. I mean, wh- who has the advantage right now? I'm leaning towards UW right now. I mean, that is good secondary. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So you look at these Ohio State players, especially the receiving core, and the thing that stands out number one is um, they're uh, they're fast. Like it's a really, really fast group of receivers. Paris Campbell is uh, there was an there was an article that came out the summer before this year calling him one of the freakiest athletes in uh, college football. Wow. Yeah. So I mean I don't know how accurate this is, but his like CBS draft scout whatever uh, profile says that he is like he possesses somewhere around. I don't know, like a four three nine four four, kind of on that cusp type of speed, you know. So like he, like th- that's what stands out about this group to me. Like John- Johnny Dixon is a guy who like is also a threat downfield as well. KJ Hill and then McLaurin, like you said, finds his way into the end zone all the time. Um, the one thing though, I've done some reading about them and watched them a little bit. I think the only knock on them is they aren't a particularly physical group. Like 
I heard something about Paris Campbell being a great blocker downfield, but he's not necessarily phenomenal at getting a release like off of like a physical line of scrimmage. Like if there's a press going on and uh, they, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's really the biggest one. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think the Husky secondary, the times that they've struggled this year, really the one time that they've struggled this year was against Stanford when they had to defend Colby Parkinson and Caden Smith, who are six, seven and six, five, and then Trenton Irwin, six, two, uh, there'll be none of that against Ohio state. The issue is if you can't get home on JT Barrett, it's really hard to keep in front of or stay within coverage range of a guy like Paris Campbell, just because of how quick he is. And these guys also have phenomenal hands, which is good because, um, gosh, how am I blinking? How am I blinking? Dwayne Haskins has an abs, <laughs> like he has an absolute cannon. The ball yeah. comes hot off of his arm. Uh, so, so when they can haul those in, there aren't a lot of like, you know, a ball hammered into coverage and the ball pops up off their hands and is intercepted. None of that. So coming up this Thursday, we're going to get a lot of bowl game matchups, bowl game preview episode uh, before you to, uh, WC travels to Iowa, uh, travels to San Antonio to play Iowa State. Um, and uh, that'll be next Thursday. Uh, we got kind of a crazy schedule coming up because uh, with Christmas and New Year's. So uh, you're getting this episode a few days early. Again, next week's episode will come out on Thursday. And uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke Monger, and at Jackson M. Gardner. I talk high school football and Central Washington football. Luke talks UW football. And Jackson talks WSU basketball. Leave this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Jackson, you don't have a problem with that at all? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought that was bizarre just to <laughs> say that I exclusively talked WCU basketball. But, you know, yeah, I, I, do, I do enjoy some WCU hoops as, as abysmal as they are. One of the few. Yeah, right? <laughs> One of the very, very few. Mm-hmm. Please leave this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Again, your next edition of Washington Football Crunch will not be this Tuesday. It will be next Thursday, December... 26th for my that, that's right no 27th, 27th for myself yeah. luke and jackson we are signing off thanks for listening